Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the Town Sports Podcast, episode 62. Wow. NFL divisional round playoff weekend. It is Tuesday, January 8th. We just want to put you into space and time. So 4.33 you know p.m., baby. Yeah, so if anything happens on Wednesday, it's not our fault. We didn't know about it yet. Didn't know it's about it yet. in the future. Had not yet transpired. We're your hosts. My name is Craig Stanton. And I'm Melissa Burns. We are uh, excited to talk to you today. This is an all-football episode. Well, not yeah. all. Mostly, Mostly football. Almost exclusively football episode yep. of The Pod. We're going to recap what happened in Wild Card Weekend and then look ahead to the divisional round and let you know where we think the Pats have a chance and who they're likely to see in the future. Ooh, possibly no one. <laughs> yeah, all right. right. <laughs> it could be the golf course. You'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> all right. Enjoy the show. See you later. Melissa, what's up? Oh my gosh, so much happened since we've seen each other last. Yeah, I'm fired up for today's episodes. I'm I'm buzzing. I've had like uh, 10,000 cups of coffee today. Wow. I'm really really ready to do it. (laughs) Okay, well, it's late afternoon, so you're going to want to (laughs) burn through some of that energy soon. Will do. A lot of football this week, huh? Obviously, Wildcard Weekend was last weekend. Upcoming, we have all the divisional round games. Uh, In addition to that, there was some other stuff that happened. So let's get all that bullshit out of the way, and then we can talk about uh, the playoffs. Fine. Shall we? Let's uh, let's start with the Patriots. We might as well. Sure. Uh, two weeks ago, they ended their season with a 38-3 win over the Jets at home, which secured them the number two seed in the AFC playoffs, and most importantly, their bye week, uh, which they enjoyed this past weekend. Sure did. I'm sure they had a nice wild card. very relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Julian Edelman was at the same Celtics game as I was. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Timberwolves. Aren't, aren't you fancy? Yeah, we were hanging out. Did he eat the pizza, too? <laughs> uh, didn't didn't catch that, but <laughs> um, at, he's, on, he's on that TV twelve diet with oh the yeah, expensive nuts. I'm sure pizza's not allowed <laughs> whatsoever. He probably just hydrated the whole game. Um, so speaking of wild card weekend, we got to see the Colts knock off the Texans on Saturday, uh, which meant the Pats would now be playing the winner of the Chargers Ravens game on Sunday. Not great for the Patriots. Uh, LA took care of Baltimore on the road, score 23-17. Uh, that score definitely makes it sound a bit closer than it was. It was very handily. Yeah, Baltimore Chargers. was useless in that game. Useless. Yeah. Um, well, the LA Chargers will now be coming into Foxborough, take on the Patriots 1 p.m. on Sunday. Nice 1 p.m. start time. You don't see that a lot. I like it. For the Pats in the playoffs. Excited. Better than that Saturday at 4. Well, that's I mean, that's a fun slot too, but you know. I, I work Saturday a lot, so <laughs> that doesn't really work for me. Anyway, uh, Vegas is predicting this to be the closest game of the entire divisional round, giving the Patriots only four and a half points. And they're the home team. So that's really only one and a half points. Hmm. Yikes. Uh, these two haven't faced off in the playoffs since the AFC championship game of 2007. Uh, they beat uh, Philip Rivers when he was on one knee. That was the game he had that's no true. ACL. That's true. But they still won, damn it, undefeated. Um, That's also the game where, at the end of the game, Philip Rivers yelled at Ellis Hobbs and called him the sorriest cornerback in the league, which was then proven to be correct by the Giants. Plexico Perez yeah. the following week. <laughs> damn you, Philip Rivers. Anyway, it's not to be lived to 07 uh, Super Bowl or anyway. uh, Yeah, we're not so salty about it. Uh, one thing to note, the Chargers and Philip Rivers have never beaten Brady and Belichick in any game, regular season or the playoffs. They had one win in 08 
uh, against Matt Castle mm. in the Patriots. So that doesn't count. Uh, the other AFC game this weekend is the Colts at the Chiefs. And on the NFC side, we're going to see the God-fearing Eagles uh, go up to the Superdome to play the Saints. I think they're going to go down. To they're the going to go down. Whatever. You got an upside <laughs> down map in here. I'm just using that one. <laughs> anyway. and uh, That joke is for one person. <laughs> Um, and the Cowboys will head to L.A. to play the Rams. They sure will. Both L.A. teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. I wonder how many people in L.A. give a shit. Like four. N- less than 5,000. <laughs> yeah, transplants that are cheering for the East Coast teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. They're all Cowboys fans. <laughs> um, all right. So we also had a hockey team. We do. Uh, and the Bruins are so far undefeated. In the year 2019. Wow. Great. It's been great. Great start. It's been a great ride. This is their year. Um, they got a good looking win in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day at Notre Dame Stadium against the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they followed that up with two home wins against the Calgary Flames and the Buffalo Sabres. Worth noting for the casual hockey fans uh, that neither of those two teams are necessarily franchises that strike fear into the hearts of Bruins fans. But the Flames are the second best record in hockey this year. Uh, and the Sabres have been having sort of a resurgence season. They're very fast, very young, score a lot of goals. They're in fourth place in the Atlantic Division, which is only one spot behind the Bruins, who are in third place. Uh, and they beat them both, which is great. Um, the Bees will be playing the Minnesota Wild at the Garden tonight. That's Tuesday night. Uh, and this week, they've got the Capitals and Canadians at home and will Ooh. go on the road to play Toronto. So... They've been winning, which is mm-hmm. good. They've been playing good teams, which is also good. And they still got a bit of a tough stretch ahead. But yeah, they've been good for them. Healthy. Except for they have. They've gotten a, Charlie pretty, McAvoy mu- pretty much everybody back, back except for McAvoy. Yeah. Motherfuck. Out again. Anyway. Topic, subject for a different day. Yeah. We'll focus on that when football is over. You better get your shit together before that happens, McAvoy. Yeah, Chaz. <laughs> we'll be coming for you. Uh, Start anyway. stretching. <laughs> Maybe you should call Julian Edelman. I know what he's been <laughs> get doing. Get loose. Drink some water. Yeah. Um, anyway, turn into the green team. Uh, after a tough loss to the San Antonio Spurs on New Year's Eve, the Celtics are also now undefeated in 2019. You know what? I just realized how you say that. All four teams undefeated in 2019. Oh my there is god! Not, not a local Boston sports team that has dropped a game. <laughs> Title Town, baby. Two of the four haven't played a game, but hey, what? Hey, who's counting? The loss streak zero. It's not our problem. Um, their slate of games has definitely been a little bit easier than the Bruins. Uh, they've racked up some wins against the Timberwolves, Grizzlies, and the Nets. Not exactly the cream of the crop in the NBA. Not exactly. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Marcus Morris both missed some time in that stretch due to some minor injuries, but they've both returned. And the Seas will take on the red-hot Indiana Pacers on Wednesday night at the Garden, followed by road games in Miami, Orlando, and back to Brooklyn. Just a quick look on the, at the standings in the East. At just past the halfway point in the season, they are currently in the fifth place. They're currently in fifth in place. Fifth I don't know why. I, said I mean, it fifth. makes sense. I just turned into my mom. <laughs> um, they're behind the Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, and 76ers. And then there's a bit of a drop off. And it's the reason I have to say that is because I, I looked up where Miami was mm-hmm. in the standings and they're actually right behind the Celtics. They're in oh, six. But it's like a big, big drop. So yeah, yeah. They're solid. Bucks, fifth Raptors, place. Pacers, Sixers, Celtics is like pretty close together. But. Um, after that, it kind of drops off. But Celtics has the fifth seed halfway through the season is like, yikes. Yeah, not what we expected. Not for sure. what you're looking for. The Celtics and the Bruins both, I think, have a lot of home games Tons. this month, too. It Tons. wouldn't sound it like that one we just, that string we just read for the Celtics, but th- the garden will be full. Yeah, I think, I think the Celtics play 14 games in January, which is like a ton. Yeah, it's a lot. And then finally, the Red Sox, another week with nothing really to report here. Uh, the only potentially notable moves that uh, happened this week happened outside of the Red Sox organization. Relievers David uh, David Robertson and Calvin Herrera 
both free agent relievers signed deals with the Phillies and White Sox, respectively, which leaves only a few big name free agent bullpen arms out there, uh, of which former Red Sox closer Craig Kimbrell is one. Uh, and obviously that just leaves similar pickings for the Red Sox if they choose to fill Kimbrell's, you know, vacated spot as closer with a, a free agent. And sure. so, I don't know, it seems like that helps, sort of helps Craig Kimbrell. Jesus, every it's fucking so hard time. to say that name. I can't not say Crimble. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell's sort of helps his negotiating position a bit. Now there's just less closers around. Yeah. Um, neither of those two guys got like blockbuster deals. I think David Robertson was assigned like a two-year, like $25 million deal, right. which is a lot. I mean, it's a lot of fucking money, but I don't know. Yeah, for us, plebeians, it's a lot of money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think... Craig that- Kimbrell's looking for that fucking, what, highest yeah, paid highest closer paid. in the history of the game? I- 10 years, $100 million, some shit like that? <laughs> yeah, I think the way it works against... Craig Kimbrell is that it, yeah we need to just record ourselves saying it and just drop it in Craig <laughs> Kimbrell <laughs> um is that the market is being set significantly lower than what he was what hoping to cash for, in yeah. at so good luck to you buddy but this is all another exercise and also that somehow major league baseball free agency like just sucks like I don't know why it sucks like Manny Machado still a free agent Bryce Harper still a free agent all these guys like yeah free agency in every other sport is like a frenzy like the the minute the fucking like league year yet ends you've got people on taking meetings going on planes signing like it's like baseball free agency like most things in baseball like takes forever it's too slow is shitty do you think they need to tighten up the free agency period i don't really know what they do it can like a do. trade deadline i don't know what they Ugh, could you're do either to signed by december one. 1st or you're out, or you're of, out of the league, league. <laughs> <laughs> Go play for yeah. like the Wisconsin Hens. I don't know. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> What's the team that's the Mud Rats? There's some like it's like Arkansas Mud Rats that's or something like that. It's a minor crazy league team. Minor league team. It's my favorite minor league team name that there is. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's been going on. That's uh, what's been going on around town. Yep. Let's get into some of this wild card um, weekend stuff and um, some divisional round stuff. Yeah, I'm pumped to talk about it. So first thing I want to know, just to reset, we yeah. we uh, we took kind of a week off. We took like half a week off. Well, We're getting back into this like yeah, I mean, early week schedule. It was the new schedule. year. Yeah. We had things to do. Set our clocks. <laughs> Craig's in a band. He's very busy. We had like a Y2K situation. <laughs> our shit got all <laughs> fucked up. Uh, anyways, so I just want to reset. Going into wildcard weekend, Yeah, what were, we had obviously Houston playing Indianapolis and mm-hmm. had Houston won, we would have played them. Houston. But yeah. had they lost, which they did, we get the winner of Chargers Ravens. So just for the people and for myself, who are you hoping to see win and come to Foxborough next week? I was hoping to see the Texans. Okay. I think we established that when I made you go through all of the potential <laughs> options. I forget what we established there like, because my eyes got crossed that out. and I had a headache for the next uh, <laughs> two days. <laughs> I, there's a whole flow chart. Um, yeah, I wanted the Texans just because I think the Patriots have been most recently kind of in Bill O'Brien's oh, God. head. And I don't think Definitely. Deshaun Watson has enough like miles on him to really be able to take on Tom hmm. Brady in Foxborough. Yeah, you definitely like the historical matchup there between yeah, Texans yeah. and Patriots. Like you, you also you can't. I I heard an interview with Brady and he was underselling this a little. I don't think you can undersell the Southern team having to come up north in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be like fucking fourteen degrees or something stupid on Sunday. Might snow too. Oh great, right? And so like the Patriots get to practice in that. What are the Texans gonna do? Drive up to Detroit and like just crank the run AC a practice, in their practice <laughs> yeah, like, facility? Yeah, you know you can't replicate that. And I did hear an interview with Tom Brady and he was talking about like. You know, it's helpful to practice in the cold weather because you know what to wear. Like, you know what the right amount of layers to have yeah, on I remember is that and quote. not he was too like, much. I know, like, if it's exactly this degrees, I know exactly how much, like, we had to layer up, right. like, all that stuff. It's and like, as oh, I get yeah. hotter during the game, like, what well, you know, and I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that from a, like, advantage perspective is you know how to keep yourself 
warm and comfortable in the elements too. Yeah, do I, I do the long sleeve with the cut <laughs> sleeves three-quarter length? Do I yeah. go full long? Do I need gloves? Yeah. Oh, no, Should it's, a, it's a, a whole thing, particularly for quarterbacks. Yeah, because they're very much creatures of habit. And so. Yeah. And I, if it snows, a running quarterback, woof. Yeah. That'd be brutal. Right. Um, yeah, I was... So I actually had a change of opinion oh. that transpired over last week. Okay. Where I, originally in our, in our previous episode, yeah. so like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I was like totally afraid of the Ravens. Just yes. like I, the the historical thing yeah, yeah. is not heavily favored in the Patriots' direction. No. It's pretty even. I didn't like the idea of like the unknown quantity in the rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and like the John Harbaugh head coach just generally not having like an institutional he, he's not fear afraid. of the Patriots was like I was fucking shaking yeah. my boots. Throughout the week, however. I started to fear the Chargers actually much more. Chris Gasper was on. Uh, Felger and Maz on like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And he like totally fucking fucked me up. Yeah. He was like dropping all these things about like the Patriots record against rookie quarterbacks. And we basically just destroy them and like yada, yada, yada. And he was basically like, yeah, like I don't expect most Patriots fans to like keep an eye on what's happening in the fucking AFC West, especially as it relates to like a team you're not playing. Like we had the Chiefs on the schedule this year. Like, so that was, something right. that, you know, whatever. Well, so Patrick Mahomes was such a like national story. You exactly. couldn't avoid it. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rivers is a known quantity. No one's. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally good point. Like, there's nothing new to see there necessarily. Yeah. But, like, they were fucking really good. The road record, I didn't that, realize. Yeah. That they are technically 7-1 and one on the road, but the one loss was at the other LA team. So, it wasn't, like, yeah. is it really a road game? Like, every time they get on a plane and travel. <laughs> they win. They win. They have one. <laughs> They're now 8-1. Uh, yeah. And he, the places, so this is the thing that scares me the most about the Chargers. One of the things. The So, the, the road record is, like... Can't touch it, right? The places they've won, like just who was on the schedule this year, they won at Seattle. Mm -hmm. They won at Arrowhead. They won at Mile High in Denver. They fucking went to London and beat, I think it was the Titans who were no great shakes, but like whatever. Won at London, beat the Ravens at home in the playoffs. Like these are like some of the toughest places to play in the league. Yeah. Like period. As is Foxborough in a playoff game in January, by the way. But like that's legit. Yeah. At Seattle, at Arrowhead, at Mile High. Like, those are like, that's some ballsy road wins. And they don't really have a home stadium. Yeah. Like, so they play even in this they're... stupid soccer field. <laughs> like, there's two it's new so teams in LA, right? So, like, the LA Rams yeah. are playing in the LA Coliseum, right? Which is kind of a pit, but at least it's a legit, right. you know, football stadium. The Chargers play in this little soccer stadium, holds 23,000 people as they, in like next year, the following year, probably they're going to build some like bazillion dollar facility, but like they literally play in a little pitch yeah. and it's get, it gets overrun with visiting teams fans every time they play. Like they literally don't have home field. Like they have no home field advantage. They're like up, they're like vagrants. They got booted out of San Diego and now they play in LA, which is like, we think it's close because we kind of lump them two together in yeah. like Southern California wise, but it's like three, four hours drive. Like it's not. Yeah. They're close. not neighbors. Yeah. We live in a little state. We're used to things being like, oh, I mean, it's like hour. moving from Boston to New York. Like it's like right. technically close, but like, like it's like that. conceptually far there. enough yeah. and there's lots of traffic and like, yeah. no thanks. Why couldn't they both share the Coliseum? The jets and giants do it. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. Mm, anyway, I think they built, I think part of it is because the Coliseum isn't even like an 
NFL, like modern NFL play. Like they built MetLife Stadium and they built the Meadowlands like to accommodate two teams. Yeah. Like I think there's two sets of home locker rooms in there. Oh, there's like the Giants sense. locker room. The Jets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably so that was like pur- purpose built. Oh, they have separate practice facilities yeah. too. That's for sure. Yeah. And they aren't in the stadium. Sure. But they built <laughs> yeah. that place to like on purpose, like hold to two hold teams. two teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, we had that conversation two weeks ago, but who would you rather face the Ravens or the Chargers? And I definitely would have rather seen the Ravens come. I mean, my best case scenario was that Texans won. We get them. Yeah. Chargers win. They get the chiefs, get them. Mm-hmm. And that could, you know, blow the doors off the chiefs yeah. season. I was rooting hard for that. Oh. Yeah. And so, so to so just to wrap up that thought about who we were rooting for, yeah. like I ended up being more afraid of the Chargers and like, then that was, I think that proved to be the correct take. You were there already, but like the Texans looked God awful. The Ravens looked totally inept, at least on offense. So beatable. While the games were transpiring, it was like, Oh my God, Houston, you're, awful like, i know how why don't you just figure happen? out a way to win this game and then continue to be awful next week <laughs> yeah, for us exactly yeah come back come back you can do it you can do it. that's what I, literally i was I, yeah. I was uh i was rooting for during that i missed a lot of the Colts, uh the Colts texans games i forget why who cares but <laughs> i was watching the, the ravens game and i was like rooting hard for the ravens and just hating myself for it <laughs> and i was like i cannot believe i'm like standing up clapping for the fucking baltimore ravens right now to like get their head out of their ass yeah. and like throw the ball. Ugh. It, re- it that- But they were totally inept. I was like, oh my God, they're, they, we would have annihilated them. Yeah. I think if the Texans had won or the Ravens had won, great. We would have been sitting pretty this week and like, great. Chargers winning is literally like worst case. Feels like worst scenario. case scenario. That, that's definitely. They're the best team. Certainly out of those that, three. That the Patriots could have faced and they just look solid and i also heard that stat about the road record and hadn't known that before and i was like so i was like oh well the patriots are good at home so at least there's that and then i heard their road record and i was like oh fuck (laughs) they're who we should have been because the thing is is like okay so it's the san diego chargers la Chargers. chargers and like their reputation is kind of as like a soft, like sort of like finesse type team that the Patriots have historically just like yeah. whooped. Like Philip Rivers was always that like next tier down from like Brady followed by Manning. Then down here you've right. got him, Breeze, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Eli, yeah. all these other guys. Although those three have won Super Bowls and Philip Rivers hadn't. But anyways, like this whole like San Diego thing of just like, oh, just the fucking powder blue chargers. Like, don't worry about them. <laughs> then like you hear about, I don't know, like they're just like this year, like, they literally don't have home field and they've won everywhere they've gone. And it's just like, these guys are fu- like, are they like, did they like leave the San Diego-ness in San Diego? Like, I don't know. Like, we'll find out on Sunday, I think. Like, can you take the Chargers out of San Diego? But can you take the San Diego out of the Chargers type thing? Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Because if, if they get if they get bulldozed on Sunday and it's like cold and rainy and like shitty sure. out and they just get fucking run over, which I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying if that happens, we'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. San Diego. Oh, you're still the Chargers. Yeah, Got yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. All's right in the world. NFL still is as totally. it stands. Right. I don't know how you ended up at 12 and four, wherever they ended up, but like. Doesn't matter now. Got it. Yeah. All right, cool. We're back. What were you going to say there? Um, But if they, I think they're going to play well. Like I'm concerned that they're a more complete team than the Patriots. And like, let's be honest, the Patriots backed into that two seed. They didn't deserve it. The Chargers were a way more consistent and better team than them all year. And now here they come. Like, I, let's see. 
what they look like. Yeah, and and like just so everybody is knows, and, I, and we probably touched on this in our last episode, but that was before a lot of the seating had solidified because it was before week seventeen. But yeah, the Chargers were tied with the Chiefs with the best record, but they just happened to be in the same division, right. which means the Chiefs who like had the tiebreaker or whatever were division winners, which means that the highest possible seed that the Chargers could be is five. Is four. Five. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So that's exactly what happened. It's not like the NBA where they just seed it like one through eight and do it like a bracket. Like those division winners matter. Right. They which immediately is why get one to the four. The Patriots, although their record was worse than the Chargers, they were the second best of the division winners. Yeah. Everybody, which means they're the two seed. Everybody in the playoffs except for the Chiefs was worse than the Chargers. It yeah. does kind of suck for them. Like, yeah, tough road for them. That is a shitty way. So now you get no bye week. You get no home field. Like, yeah, I guess they could get, get home field if, if they the Colts won, won and the Colts. Yeah, because the Colts were the six. Oh, yeah. And if they won and if the Colts won. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. But that you finish terrible. 12 and four and that's where you, I'd be like. But that's the thing is like I I'm a big believer in like the battle tested. Like, yeah, you got to win. That's another one of the reasons I was fearing the Ravens, because like they basically won. They I think they won like six out of the last seven or something like that. Like they had been rolling. That's like the Colts have won 10 out of the last 11. Just like the Colts and much like the Chargers, too, although they flubbed one that last game uh on like christmas or whatever against mm -hmm. the ravens the chargers lost um yeah which could have given them the one seed if they right, won it right anyways yeah so i had been i i just i that's legit yeah like there in the years when the patriots have had really good road records we've played praised them for it in the years where the patriots have had tough schedules we've praised them for it 2014 comes to mind as like that was like a really tough year for the patriots they beefed up on defense and sterell revis brandon browner they played the fucking uh nfc west they went to seattle yeah um, all that stuff. And like, you know, if we're going to give the Patriots credit for like going on the road and winning, which they didn't do this year, no, they sure don't. then like, you got to kind of give it to the other guys too. Like that's, that's legit. Right. So we'll see what ends up happening. You know what else is a, another thing that like bothers me about the chargers? What? Is that I think again, historically, no. the Patriots have been pretty good about like when they play teams that are like really good offensively, yeah. A lot of times those teams have one weapon that's like super legit, right? Like think about like the Steelers with Antonio Brown or the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey or, you know, sure. pick your fucking whatever. Sure. And they're usually really good about like saying, okay, what does this team do very well and how do we take it away from them? And how do we make them beat us with their second, third, fourth receivers, right? And you look at the Chargers and like, you know, again, most of our listeners don't watch a ton of San Diego Supercharger football, but like Melvin Gordon's a running back and Keenan Allen's on their team and fucking that other guy, Williams, is a receiver. Like they, they, they there's not a singular like offensive weapon on their roster that you're like, okay, yeah, that's the guy, you know? Right. And so like, I feel like that's, you know, similar to honestly, like the Eagles last year in the Super Bowl was very similar. Like there wasn't like a clear cut here's the guy they're going to try to get the ball to. It's not like covering Rob Gronkowski in the red zone or whatever, like where it's like, that's Obvious. their, that's their dude, yeah. you know? Well, and they just announced today that, um, Hunter Henry, who's like their star tight end who's oh, been God. out all season. He's, he just got activated. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a, well, what was even, did he have a knee or something? That was so Some long injury. ago. Like, I don't even yeah, remember I mean, what it was. I don't was. think he's played all season. And, no, I don't think he has either. And I think so it hurt in the preseason. They activated him today and he could play. You know, the only reason I even know that or remember that is because was that clip of Stephen A. Smith yeah. a couple weeks ago yeah, yeah. being like, you got to watch out for Hunter Henry and Teddy Bruschi and the other guy. Like, what? what the fuck what are, are you talking about? You're watching yeah. too much basketball, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I knew that. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah. So. So that concerns me. Is that like, you know. It's another weapon. And even if it's just gamesmanship and like maybe he's not really going to play. 
You I'm have sure to game plan for it now, though. Yeah, you like, got to be ready You have to prepare. Him. And they're going like, to probably put him on the field in some oh, like red zone sets uh-huh. or whatever if yep. he's able to dress. Right. Just so that you have to be aware of him. Yeah. I mean, that just makes me nervous. I mean, like, I guess Keenan Allen would be their like number one receiver, but like Antonio Gates is on the fucking team and like Melvin Gordon's a really good running back and this fucking big white guy, Hunter Henry, is apparently going to be active. And it's just like, there's not a clear cut, like, here's who they want to get right. the ball to Take type away. of player. You know, there's no like Jimmy Graham type who's like, mm-hmm. that's their guy. And like, those are the teams that generally the Patriots have success yeah, with. Yeah, no trouble. But it's like, the multi offensive weapon yeah, teams yeah, yeah. that they. they got, if they can spread the ball around yeah. and give it to a whole bunch of different Jim Oaks. Stephen, uh, Stefan, what the hell just happened to me? Stefan Gilmore? Yeah, can only cover one person. Yeah. Like, he can't be on all of them. Totally. And he's the, he seems to be the only serviceable. Oh, in terms of just like one-on-one coverage, yeah. yeah. I mean, like Stefan Gilmore's the guy, and then it's a pretty steep drop off after that. Yeah. So it'll be a tough matchup for them for yeah. sure. Worst draw they could have gotten. Seriously, I'm hoping for some snow. Yeah, that would be advantageous to the Patriots. Um, or I mean, we, it's at least going to be cold, but like you know, a little precipitation wouldn't hurt. Little you know, forty yeah. degrees, sideways rain, wind chill. Give me, be give bad. me something like yeah. that. Um, what are your thoughts on Colts and Chiefs? Oh, I you know. I think the Colts are going to play the Chiefs hard. I, I also haven't watched a lot of Indianapolis Colts football this season, surprisingly. Fair. Um, and I did watch that Texans game, and uh-huh. they looked better than I thought they whooped. They the were, fucking and Texans. I was like, whooped "Oh them. shit!" Made them look stupid. Yeah, like they didn't even look like they were in the same league. Never mind the same division. Um, and I was like, "Oh shit, they're legit." Uh, and so I think they're going to give the Chiefs their money's worth. I think they're going to win. Oh, you do? I'm picking the Colts. I was going to say, I still would put my money on the Chiefs. Uh-uh. I'm picking the Colts. I think they're fucking, I think they're like, they, they are, I don't know. Everybody was writing them off in the offseason and Josh McDaniels like leaves them at the altar and like all yeah. this shit. They lose, I think they go one in five in the first six games and then they just like blow doors the second half of the season. Like I think they are like, they are what I thought the Ravens were <laughs> last week, like <laughs> on a roll and just like whooping ass. But Andrew Luck is like, He's legit. He's back, man. Like, he yeah. took him a couple of years there, and, like, we weren't really sure what was going to happen with him, but... Yeah, and they kind of mismanaged his, like, rehab oh, as he's coming back. Ever. And so it feels like getting a new coach <clears throat> has really, like, lit a spark in him. Fuck yeah. Frank Reich, former uh, offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Okay. <laughs> that guy fucking... He, he knows quarterbacks. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> and when they finally, like, put it all together, you know, about, you know, six, seven games in, like... It, Watch out. It came together for them. That's why quickly. last week when we were talking about there was that like stat of the Patriots, like, uh, you know, whatever their winning percentage was against other winning teams. It was like, all right, well, they got Houston in week one. First game back after the ACL injury for Deshaun Watson. They got Indy in week four, or week five or whatever. They hadn't figured it out yet. So I, like that's oh, yeah. part of the reason I was sort of dismissing that last week was like a lot of those winning teams were shit early in the year, but like right. turned up the heat yeah. as it got closer to playoff time. It'll be an interesting weekend. I'm terrified. I'm like fully fucking you're pre- shook. So you're predicting, a, you're predicting a Chargers Colts AFC I don't championship. Know if I'm predicting it. All I'm, all I'm, well, I am predicting the Colts will win. I'm, I'm picking the Colts okay. in the uh, throwing in down. the other game. Gauntlet. Down. I don't know if I'm picking the Chargers. I think I'm picking the Pats, but I am fully and completely oh, rattled. God. Terrified. Can you imagine if it ends up being the Patriots Colts in the AFC championship that game? Be, We're going to have to relive every Brady Manning game. That would be sick. And if I, I were Andrew Luck, I'd be like, that guy's not fucking here anymore. Stop talking about it. Pats Colts AFC championship game. First of all, I'd be happy because that means the Patriots will have won on Sunday. And second of all, that yeah. would just be dope. I mean, Pat's Chiefs would also be sick. Like there's no 
Assuming the Patriots win, there's no bad AFC championship game in terms of like drama. Yeah, well, in terms of a casual fan. But also, if it's Colts, then that means We're it's home. at home, which yeah. is huge. That's obviously best case scenario for the Patriots is to get the Colts at home. Yeah. A nice dome team that they can beat up on. Seriously. Because the weather in January is only going to get worse. For sure. Oh, boy, though. I'm for, I'm rattled. I'm like nervous, like talking about it. <laughs> No shit. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, I just don't know if the Patriots are that good. Like I, I don't, don't like, No, they're not that good. I mean, okay. So I know that <laughs> they're, they're not, not that, that good. good. <laughs> and so this would have to be like, they have to be Patriots of old playoff Patriots to win. Here's my other problem is that like the whole Patriots of old thing. Like I am, I've heard a lot. Again, I'm a chronic talk radio listener. So yeah. I listen to a lot of this bullshit, but like, I've heard a lot of like, Oh, like they'll turn it on. Like Gronk will look like Gronk again. Edelman will stop dropping passes. Like, do you people really think that like Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Bill Belichick, some of like their reputation is over like a 20 year sample almost for Brady and Belichick anyways of like no days off. Right. Like pardon the cliche now, but like literally like they fucking show up for every single game. Do you really think that like Oh, in year 18, they stopped trying during the regular season. They're just phoning it in. Is that why you think Rob Gronkowski's had the worst year since his rookie season? Because he's been not trying, but no, now he's, he's going to start trying? Like, oh. I'm, I don't buy that at all. I don't either. And and that's why I think it would be, like, shocking if they ended up being that team. I yeah. think if Julian Edelman could have successfully caught passes, he would have done it Yeah, all 12 games that yeah. he played. <laughs> like, I, if Rob Gronkowski could have been healthy and on the field... He would have done it. He left a lot of money on the table for the fact that he couldn't do it. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if they win, it's going to be like, I can just sort of envision if they're going to win, it's going to be like a big James White game, almost like Super Bowl 51, yeah. like Falcon style, where it's yeah. just like, he's dumping it off and he's just like getting a bunch of yards after the catch and like chipping away that way. And like, it's going to be, some, I bet you again, like if they win, it'll be someone whose name is not. Edelman or Gronkowski. It'll be White and Patterson or Hogan, Hogan or Dorsett. Like, I honestly think mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those guys because I just don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. That's but like, terrifying that like the people that we're relying on to win a playoff game are Cordero Patterson and Philip Dorsett. Like, yeah. I did, yeah. I mean, like I haven't seen it from Rob Gronkowski this year, the ability to like beat that double coverage and like be that guy. But if he's going to draw the double coverage and that means some great douchebag is going to be covering Chris Hogan and like for sure. fuck's sakes, Tom Brady, throw that man a ball. Do you think that Tom can stop kind of falling in the pocket? Being a puss? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, you do? Uh-huh. He, I, I actually do have faith that Tom Brady can like hang in there and not do because Because I, I think he of those people that I just mentioned, like, I don't think he wasn't trying in those regular season yeah, games, yeah. but I, it is clear that he was bailing out of some place that previously we've seen him he like hang in there yeah. with pressure around him. People falling at his feet and stuff like that, hang in there and wait for someone to get open. Like, I actually do think that him in particular will play like, better. Just, just not bail. Like he, he can hang in there. He has hung in there even this year, but like, yeah, I, th- I think he'll I think he'll be okay. All right, in okay. that regard, we'll see what you know. I mean, he played that. Obviously, they played the Jets in the last game of the season, and yeah. that was pretty much a blowout game. Oh yeah, um, you know he's had two weeks off, so maybe if there was some sort of nagging mm-hmm. injury, like maybe it's had a little time to maybe he got some extra stretching in, and it's all better now. Who yeah, knows? I mean that's what one of the Rub one of the many reasons. On <laughs> one of the many reasons why the bye week is valuable. I mean, like he clearly had some sort of injury. Yeah, he's been denying it all along. So who cares? Of course, but like just like they all do. Greg Bedard had a good point at some point last week on the radio where he was like, yeah. "So it's it's either he's hurt currently, 
he was hurt and now he's just kind of has some of these self-preservation uh, habits yeah, yeah. left over from when he was hurt or the worst case scenario is he's actually not hurt. He's not lying about it. And oh. he's just now all of a sudden bailing out of throws. Oh my God, that like, would be the worst case scenario. That's actually worse would you than being hurt. So anyway. I, I, I like the idea of the self-preservation. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Suddenly he's like, well, I don't want it to happen again. See, well, yeah, seriously. I mean, I mean if you like banged up your knee or whatever, like in the middle of the season and you just like, you played through it because he's Tom Brady. He's going to play through pretty much anything. And you're just kind of like a little jumpy because you don't want to hurt it again. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm scared. I think I'm still picking the Pats, but boy, am I not happy. It, it, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of anxiety and a lot of, on front of a lot of TVs around Massachusetts. Yeah, for sure. This weekend. Give me one, I, give me I, a reason to feel good about the Patriots. I feel like we should end on a positive. Okay. Okay. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of our arguments over the past couple weeks have been about teams history. Like mm-hmm. we were afraid of the Ravens because their history. We maybe weren't so afraid of the Chargers because of their or history. Or the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Texans. And so I think like, all right, well, if we're going to apply that argument to those teams. We have to apply it to the Patriots, too. Yeah. Cold weather, home game, two weeks to prepare for a team. Like, those are all kind of Belichick, Brady, like. Yeah. Those are like stalwart. Yeah. yeah tangible like, yeah. reasons to like the Pats this week. So, I mean, I, that's a positive. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like <laughs> I, it. I feel Pats like, are undefeated at home. Chargers are yeah. effectively undefeated on the road. But right. if I'm going to panic about the one, I should be confident in the yeah. other, right? I feel like uh, there's some people playing for their football lives. This week too, Ooh. like Gronk, uh, some of the defensive players, like you know Trey Flowers playing for yeah. a big contract, yeah, playing for a contract. People like Cordell Patterson, Philip Dorsett that other teams had written off in the past. You know, a resurgence in a playoff game where all eyes are on you could have a big impact. So I, you know, I think some of the guys out there have something to like play for personally as Fuck well yeah. as for the team. So, all right, I feel good about that. Yeah, great, happy I. We'll see. <laughs> I also th- don't think Philip Rivers is that, that good. good. I mean, he's good. He, but he's like, you know, he's not Drew Brees. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't even think he's Ben Roethlisberger. Honestly, like, he's a good quarterback. He's been around for a long time. He's managed to like stay mostly healthy and stay pretty competitive. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's gonna he's not gonna panic. Like, you know no. that. Like, he's gonna make the throws. He's gonna be almost. I feel like what, <laughs> almost like what Peyton Manning was like later in his career, where he like he didn't quite have the arm strength. But like cerebrally, you know, yeah. mentally, like he's one of the best. knows the defenses and knows the offenses and just knows where to put the ball, assuming he can get it there. Philip Rivers to me is is like a very milk toast quarterback. Yeah. And honestly, like, I haven't thought about Philip well, Rivers. I was in literally years. just about to say, you never think about him when the conversation comes up of like, oh, who are the quarterbacks that you're most scared of and scared of in the league? You're never like, oh man, Philip Rivers. You're like, I don't know, that guy's fine, I guess. I haven't thought about him since 07. Right, honestly. since we've seen him, and, and so. To me, it's like, I don't really, I'm not really afraid of him. He's like a steady Eddie, B plus, yeah. A minus quarterback, but he's not going to make the most exciting play in the world. And he's not going to like blow your doors off no. when he's here. But this is like, I feel like it is his like one last kick at the can yeah. type of thing. That's Win what this, I feel like yeah. he's dangerous. Like it's like one, this feels like one last rodeo for fucking old power tuck for for a fill <laughs> oh my god he's like oh god that picture that you tweeted of him today with the power or instagram with the yeah, power yeah. tuck and the big with belt, the belt buckle. buckle and i was like god damn it you were so white and I, like i keep seeing on twitter the like so philip river spells his name with one l if yeah. you don't know and so okay. everyone's like well i guess we'll give philip a second l this oh, week and i'm like very nice very nice so lame <laughs> He's also got nine fucking kids. Did you know that? He also does not live in Los Angeles proper because he said there's too much sin (laughs) 
in that city. <laughs> he loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. Can you imagine if it ends up being a uh, Chargers Eagles Super Bowl? The hell's God gonna do then? Oh wow! Yeah, Philip right. Rivers or Nick Foles just toss up. His son versus his uh, most devout disciple. Yeah. Oh man, tough one. No, Nick Foles made a deal with the goddamn devil. That's that's <laughs> that's where Nick Foles' allegiance lies. Well, I would cheer for that. <laughs> Yikes! All right, you want to go to the lightning round here? Yes, I do. This is our all NFL playoffs, all football lightning round edition. Get psyched, people. Okay. All right, where would you like to begin? You started With the uh, other thing, so I'll, <laughs> I'll do this one if you want. No, go for it. Yeah, I like this question. All right. So here's a, a nice, happy, Patriots-friendly stat for you, Melissa. Yeah. None of the remaining quarterbacks in the AFC have ever defeated a Tom Brady Patriots team in either the regular season or the playoffs ever. Philip Rivers of the Chargers, 0-7. Andrew Luck of the Colts, 0-6. And Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, although obviously he's a newcomer to this list, is 0-1. Well, shit. <laughs> Why How, didn't you end the last segment with that? Now that's a positive note. Correct. However, <laughs> yeah. given how these quarterbacks have played over yeah. the last season... Sure. And over the last couple of weeks, how would you rank these four quarterbacks right now? Oh. Do I have to include Tom Brady too? Yeah, all four of them. Oh, fuck. I think I would give it to Phillip Rivers first. First? Yeah. His, wow. His team's played the best. His team played the best and the most consistent. Patrick Mahomes has had some bad losses and like has sometimes looked like a rookie quarterback out mm -hmm. on the field. Like he's had some gem plays. Loose with the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I think like luck has broken his way a couple times. Like plays that you're like, dude. That should have been intercepted or incomplete or out of for bounds. Sure. And it just worked out for him. And so I can't give him credit for being great because of like lucky plays that he pulls luck. out of his ass. Yeah, exactly. Slinging from the side, whatever. This He's is like, confusing because Andrew I know, Luck is one I, of the quarterbacks <laughs> in question. Okay, so Philip Rivers, number one. Who's number two? Tom Brady. Brady number two. All right. Yeah, he's got the consistency on his like consistency on his side. If he could stop bailing out, I think he could have a better season. If fucking Julian Edelman could keep a ball in his goddamn mitts, mm. like he would have had a way better season. Yeah. <sighs> Luck Mahomes. I, I'm kind of going that way, but that that makes me feel like scratch holes. Oh, I, I wasn't giving you an order. Oh. I was just saying that the last two. Uh, I might give Mahomes third. Can't put him last, right? Yeah, that's gonna how be I the feel. fucking I MVP in the league. I can't put him last, but I also am glad to see the way like. Andrew Luck's season has kind of turned around that he's like found his groove again. Mm -hmm. But I, again, I haven't watched enough Colts football to know how their running game has played a part in it because like they do have a pretty strong run game defense on that team. Too. Yeah. And their defense is pretty sick. So, you know, how much if I'm looking at like who's winning games for them, like mm, is Luck really the number one? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Controversial. Oh, my God. That was hard. <laughs> I can't believe none of them have ever won against Brady. Yeah. Someone's bound to get lucky. Seriously. That sucks. Uh, sometimes I, not. Sometimes I hate when streaks are like that. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that, well, that one's pretty fucking drastic. Because yeah, if, if you were straight out of this and just looking at it from a gambler's perspective and you were taking like Brady or the fields, knowing all that, I would take the field every time. But yeah. I'm a Tom Brady fan, so I can't. Right. I feel obligated to pick him, but I'm yeah, like, it's a tough spot. I don't know, man. They're, they're owing, what is that, 14? Oh, that's tough. That's brutal. Anyway, uh, last week in the NFC wildcard playoff game between the Eagles and the Bears, Bears kicker Cody Parkey, Parkey had the chance to kick the game-winning field goal from 43 yards. Yeah, you might have seen this clip floating around the internet. <laughs> yeah, folks. people have been talking about it, I think. 
The ball hit the left upright and bounced off the crossbar before falling to the ground, stealing the win for Philadelphia. It was the old double doink. The old double doink. Not great. Instant classic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's worth noting that Parkey was tied for second in the NFL for missed kicks with 11, and it hit the upright six times this year heading into that kick. Number seven and eight both happened on the (laughs) double doink. Craig. Could you ever forgive a kicker for this? Would you cut immediately? And how confident would you be in our boy, Steven Goskowski, if he was in the same spot on Sunday? Uh, Three partner for you. So in order, I could never forgive a kicker for something like that. Agreed. Uh, I would absolutely cut that person immediately. Also agreed. For their own sake and yeah, mine. Yeah, like you If can't, I were the GM of the team. stay in Chicago. also, first of all, this is not a one-off for Cody Parkey. Like, the guy sucks. Get rid of him. Right. There's no if reason. If the only kick he missed all year. If that was Vanitary, Bad you luck. You know, like. Yeah, bad time. Guys nails. Like, whatever. Like, weird, weird miss. But no one's going to, like, boo him, like, next time out because, like, you know you'll take the, you'll take your chances. Right. Speaking of taking your chances, mm-hmm. would I feel confident in Stephen Guskowski in the same spot next week? Hell fucking no. <laughs> you can So, here's one thing just quick peek behind the curtain for our listeners. In the episode 3 weeks ago or whatever it was that we lost, lost. <laughs> due to a technical well, flub. Technically, we had all of your part of the episode. We sure. Well, so I guess I could repost this. To yourself. I uh cuz Guskowski missed a kick in that Miami game, right? Cuz yeah. the episode that we lost was after the Miami Yeah, lost. Last minute loss. Yeah, yeah. The Steve Miami Miracle. Guskowski missed a kick in that game, and I went on this whole big fucking rant about Guskowski. Here's the here's the point. I will I'll save you the rant. And I'll just give you the point. <laughs> point is, in the last three seasons, in all of the biggest games, save for one, Stephen Guskowski has missed a kick. Now, usually it's extra points, but I I be I would bet my house that I don't own that Stephen Guskowski will miss a kick on Sunday. He's he's just going to. 24, uh, 2015 AFC Championship game at Denver missed an extra point. Uh, 2016 AFC Championship game at home against the Steelers, missed an extra point. In the Super Bowl against the Falcons, missed an extra point. In the AFC Championship game last year against the Jaguars, he was clean. And in the Super Bowl, he missed an extra point. Oh, you really thought about that? Four out of the last five, (laughs) you know, biggest games of their respective seasons. Yeah. Three AFC Championship games, two Super Bowls. He's missed a fucking kick. (laughs) Fuck this guy. Nobody ever talks about this. I feel like I'm I'm taking crazy pills. Who do you want? You want Cody Parkey instead? I don't instead? know. So that's the only rational explanation that there is, is who's your alternative? I don't know. It's not my responsibility. It's not my job. I'm not the GM. My job is don't not want that guy. to fucking find the replacement and present them to the Patriots. My job, air quotes, yeah, yeah. is to look at the fucking guy and be like, dude. No. <laughs> so if, if Steven Guskowski is lining up to kick a game-winning field goal next week, I am shitting bricks. I think one thing... Zero confidence <laughs> whatsoever. I think one thing Bears fans need to gain a little perspective on is like why did you let the game come down to a game-winning kick like good point and and he had made three earlier in the game yeah, like, he, he was they, like the only, he was the uh he was their offense he was their offense the whole yeah, time so like they got get your head out of your once, ass I think. stupid bears are just cheering again dumb nick falls yeah <laughs> stupid one all right anyway, here's a good sorry, one christy but i had to cheer again. <laughs> um that's why i felt extra gross on sunday because i was rooting for the ravens and then rooting for the eagles oh i was like God. what have i become all bird <laughs> what day is for you? this these are like two of my least favorite teams <laughs> uh, ever. yeah i can't uh anyhow so next question for you melissa yeah after over a decade of year over year ratings increases the NFL uh, reported ratings declines in 2016 and 2017, both years in which Stephen Guskowski missed postseason extra points. Uh, 
<laughs> Much was made about these declines, and it was difficult to pinpoint any one thing that may have caused a slight drop. Uh, you know, things like, well, I guess we'll just keep going. In 2018, this past season, however, ratings were back up above 2017. Um, and it's also worth noting that some of the things that people were theorizing that may have caused the drop were still mostly continuing. Uh, you know, you still had a debate about NFL player protests during the national anthem, although obviously a little less fiery yeah, as it was less, when it first yeah. came up. Uh, you still have domestic violence issues. You still have controversial rule changes. You still have concerns about player safety and concussions and things like that. Um, a lot of people also attested the 2016 drop to like the presidential election that was obviously like drawing Dominating. lots of people's attention. Yeah. I would say that the like, political news still dominates every news cycle in 2018 yeah. uh, as much, if not more, than it did in 2016. Anyways, so they're back up now. Melissa, what's your theory on uh, NFL ratings bouncing back? I think there's two things that are contributing to it. One, I think you had less big name players that got hurt. Mm, like way less starting quarterbacks went out this season. And the teams that had rookie quarterbacks ended up being good. Like Patrick Mahomes was obviously we were Fucking just talking great, about him. Yeah. Like he was great. All of a sudden I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Mahomes, you've got Goff, you've got yeah. uh, Dak Prescott right. staying healthy and looking good. Yeah. Carson Wentz staying healthy. Right. Fucking Most of the year. And, and like even some of... Yeah, they weren't all rookie quarterbacks, but, you know, there were people yeah. that they've expected big things out of that I think it finally came to fruition a little bit mm -hmm. this year. Um, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, like they Omar finally Jackson. were like where they should be and playing an expectation. I think the second thing, and that leads right into it, is that there was way more parity in the league this year. Like we talked two weeks ago about how week 17 mattered for almost every team, except for like, you know, the shitty like jets but they could have yeah. been a disruptor yeah yeah right yeah. Oh, like totally so the game still had value and interest like you didn't end up with a jets bills week 17 that like nobody fucking mm -hmm. is looking at so I think they did a good job with the schedule and i think they did a you know team stayed competitive late enough into the season like that last week 17 ravens steelers game oh so awesome oh my god and the browns playing yeah. the fucking whoever it was yeah, well, it was, oh, the it was Browns, Browns Ravens. Ravens, and Cincinnati Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. And then... The Steelers players staying on the, on field, the field, watching on the Jumbotron right. to see if Baker Mayfield could beat the Ravens. Yeah, yeah totally. And it was just that, like... not to, Oh, God, we, the biggest one of them all is Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah, sakes. thank you. Uh, yeah, so I think it was more exciting. You got to see star players stay on the field, be on the field. Even Josh Gordon came back this year. Like, that was exciting to see while he was here. Um, and more teams were in it way later or had a chance to disrupt someone else's season completely. Yeah. So I just think they made it more interesting towards I, the later. I season. a thousand percent agree with your first, your first point there of healthy young quarterbacks who can play. Yeah. Like th this was a year where you really feel like the future of the league is sort of set. Yeah. With Jared Goff in LA, Pat Mahomes in Kansas city, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Cleveland. Like we've just got, a whole crop. Uh, I mean, even though Lamar Jackson looks like shit on Sunday, like the last couple of games for the Ravens, he was promising, you know, right. like, and, and they were healthy and they're young and they're, uh, you know, they're, it's, it it's means optimism for fan bases and looking forward to the future. Right. And even if your team isn't necessarily relevant this year, like Jets fans watching Sam Darnold, like you're watching yeah, yeah. There's to like see another great one. The you're future watching QB, to see the only yeah. quarterback that got hurt. Who's like a young prospect, or not prospect, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, younger, yeah. like future of the franchise quarterback is fucking Garoppolo. I know. I was the thinking only that guy. too. He's uh, really the only guy. Well, and the other thing it makes me think about is like, let's fast forward to two years as like the careers of people like Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are sunsetting. Drew Brees, yeah. And now like there is this new crop and they don't play on any of those teams. So you could see a very different looking NFL 
picture and totally. like who your dominant teams are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the league in, could in totally a couple flip. Years. And we thought, I, I think there's been some years where we've thought we would get this. Like I remember the year that Robert Griffin III and Andrew Luck yeah. were drafted. I think that was the year after Cam Newton was drafted. So like we've thought we've had this before, but definitely this year feels like, okay, like now we've got a whole bunch of guys who can really play. Deshaun yeah. Watson and even like, even guys who were like in that next category down, like Blake Bortles and Dak Prescott and like... Well, Bortles got benched in the second half of the year. Yeah, I but I mean, he can, I don't know, like he, can he play or can he not play? Like, I think he can play. Like, he I deserves know. to be in the league. Like, he's not... Sure. Like, you know? As like a coaching assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hard agree. So... Good for the NFL. What a bunch of good guys. They really deserve <laughs> yeah, it. You know, they really just got it good, together. Hard working, so honest. Proud of them. People with their priorities in the right place. No issues. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, I got some breaking news for you, Craig. Break it. At 11.36 this morning, Nora Princiati. Princicati, I was going to say. I don't know how to I've never heard her say it. I just read a Princicati. Yeah. She's a she's print media, so there's no way to know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's nice, a... Nice Irish name. <laughs> what? Joke. Keep going. Oh. Um... She's of the Boston Globe. She wrote the following. <clears throat> and I quote. Ending speculation about a potential departure, Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel said Tuesday that he's staying with the Patriots. He said, the book is closed on head coaching interviews this cycle. Um, he said that on his conference call on Tuesday, it was his, he had his lone interview with the Packers, who ended up hiring former Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. I'm completely focused on the Chargers in our season, finishing strong, and I'll be here moving forward, McDaniel said. McDaniel said he had no contact with the Browns, whose head coaching job he had been linked with at times. He said he had no idea if what happened with the Colts last year impacted his interview cycle this year. McDaniels had verbally accepted the Colts' offer to become their head coach last year, went so far as to arrange a coaching staff, and then pulled out to stay in New England after Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft appealed to him right after the Super Bowl loss. Did he ever. Let me ask you these two questions. Are you sick of the Josh McDaniels head coaching rumors? And are you happy to see him back as OC and possibly head coach for 2019 and beyond? I am incredibly sick of Josh McDaniels interviewing for saying yes to being rumored to be interested in all of the above head coaching positions. Yeah. Dude, fucking cut the shit. Like the guy just clearly loves being a sought after coordinator. Yeah. Like, you took one interview in a year where eight coaches were fired? Really? Why? It, after the debacle last year of like verbally agreeing to be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and then leaving them at the altar and coming back to New England. And then in the next offseason, you're interviewing again for head coaching jobs? Like, so I don't know. I just, I'm, so, I, he pisses me off. And I, like, it, it sure, I guess I'm happy that he's going to be the OC of the Pats. Like, I'd, I can't think of anybody else I'd want to be the offensive coordinator. I'm not out there scouting necessarily. Sure. But like, sure, he's a great offensive coordinator. We know that. That's fine. But like, oh God, am I sick of the head coaching BS with him? I mean, they had gone so far in the process that the Patriots were, there were rumors about who were going to be the Patriots replacement offensive coordinator. Like everyone was so sure that McDaniels was gone this season oh yeah i mean he said as much but yeah, yeah. i mean i i guess my bit just quickly like on who's gonna be the next head coach like i think josh mcdaniels should and could be the next head coach of the pats i it feels reasonable to me that there was like a wink not agreement to get him to come sure. back to new england as the oc but like then stop taking interviews yeah dude oh my god just say no clearly just likes to be have the interest you know do you think brian flores leaves this year you think he gets one of those open spots I really hope not. 
He's the not even by name defensive coordinator. He's the de facto defensive coordinator right. of the Pats yeah, right now. Yeah, they didn't now. name a defensive coordinator. He doesn't even have the job title. Right. I think the Patriots defense has actually been a lot better this year, and I hope he stays for just strictly for the Patriots' sake. Yeah, from a consistency perspective, it would be helpful if he yeah, stayed. Yeah, and I think he's a good DC. I think. I mean, like, sure, he, he could get a head coaching job maybe, but like, I don't know if he necessarily has the experience yet to actually do well. Like, if I was a Patriots coordinator, I would look at all the other Patriots coordinators yeah, who have I'm gotten like, head coaching jobs and being like, why is it that all these guys fail miserably? Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, like... Charlie Weiss. Yeah. Eric Mangini. Romeo Cornell. Yeah. Um, we can go like, way back. Why is it that these guys all, <laughs> if not fail miserably, at least just are average or below average right. and we don't They're maintain those jobs very long right they're certainly like, not the next coming of bill belichick hell no hell no like andy reed's coaching tree is looking a lot better than bill belichick's coaching tree right now yeah. so anyways i would be looking at that and being like what about them causes them to fail and what makes me think that i'm so good and so different yeah. that i could do it maybe because he, he has even been... talked about josh mcdaniels we forgot about the biggest one josh yeah, mcdaniels yeah. Right. Coach of the tebow broncos yeah he drafted tebow, in fact. yeah great call um quarterback whisperer Oh, yeah. Is he ever? <laughs> uh, okay. Last question of the week. Yeah. And it's for you. Okay. But I'm going to answer it also. <laughs> Perfect. I've answered every question. Uh, <laughs> as you may yeah. or may not have known, Melissa, the outcome of this week's NFL playoff game will uh, determine the participants in both the NFC and AFC championship games. Yeah. The matchups are as follows. Cowboys at Rams, Eagles at Saints, Colts at Chiefs, Chargers at Patriots. Give me your final four for the AFC championship game in the NFC. All right. NFC... I'm going Rams Eagles. Wow, picking the birds I, I just in the Superdome. Can't bold. I, I know, but like eh, Drew Brees' playoff record right. not that great. All right, I know Nick, there's I, at least one listener in this podcast going to be happy with that. I had to make it up to. Him. <laughs> I already said I was cheering against. I'm not saying I'll be cheering for him. I'm just saying I think just picking be. it. Cold blooded, uh, picking with the head, not with the heart. Exactly. And then I think the AFC holds, and we get a Chiefs Patriots in Arrowhead. Interesting. You? I'm a little flipped. I'm like basically same, but the opposite. I think Scratch is going to hold in the NFC. I think Rams Saints. Uh, so Rams Saints, Scratch holds in the NFC. Okay. And I think the Colts are going to beat the Chiefs, like yeah. I said. So I think it's going to be Colts Pats in Foxborough. That would that's be a it. pretty homerific take because that's basically best case scenario for the Pats. Yeah. Obviously, that means they win on Sunday and get a home game in the championship. I'm going to cheer for your take. Yeah. But same. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm yeah. definitely going to be cheering on the horseshoes out there yeah for sure yeah should be a fun week this is like these are some of them that i mean i love divisional round weekend i love yeah, Wildcard weekend. divisional round to me is more fun because typically it means the patriots are playing and like some of the best teams in the nfl are really going well, for it yeah, for the first time this year was particularly interesting because typically you see wildcard weekend like the home teams just clean up on the crap in the division but the way things worked out this year three yeah, out of four road one, right? teams yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, cowboys yeah. are the only home team that won weird yeah. Bizarre. Not Wacky. what you normally see. Because it means wild card teams won three out of the four games. Insane. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, well uh, we look forward to talking to you all again next week. Yeah. Go Pats. If you feel like you want to tweet at us and make me feel maybe a little bit less nervous about this game, you can do so at <laughs> Title Town Pod. Yeah. You on, can also uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got. You can also leave us a voicemail. 
get your thoughts out there maybe before or after the game. Yeah, if you're getting lubed up for the uh, 1 p.m. kick, give us a call. <laughs> you having mimosas and pancakes? Let us know. <laughs> uh, you can call us at 904-87-TT-POD. Yeah, nailed it. Not great with phone There's numbers. There's no question mark at the end of the phone number. Like Melissa <laughs> just sort of made it sound like there might have been. But. I just like stare Craig dead in the eyes like, oh, do I have this right? Am I close? 904-87-TT-POD if you've got a take. Perfect. We promise not to answer. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Later.